Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Michael Philpot, Research Director at Omdia. He and I discuss Omdia's 2021 Fiber Development Index, which shows that by 2026, 70% of the global population will be connected to the internet, but only 40% will have a fixed broadband connection at home. Michael and I discuss the rate of fiber deployment all over the globe and why we should be concerned about growing speed and service inequalities, and what policies and partnerships are successfully fueling fiber in the countries where it's growing the fastest. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. No problem. Nice to be here. So you got you guys recently released your fiber uh, development index analysis for 2021. Um, can you share with me a little bit about that, some some high-level findings uh, and, and what you guys are looking at in that report? Yeah, so um, I mean, basically we look at the importance of investing in greater fiber deployments, both uh, not just in the access network, which a lot of it gets a lot of attention, um, but across the whole of the network, because we recognize that it's only by investing in advanced fiber technology in the core network, in, in the backhaul network, and in the access network, where it's relevant, um, do you get the best uh, overall quality of experience? Uh, and that goes for mobile users as well. There's not, there's not much point rolling out 5G technologies you know, if the backhaul is then not based on, on, on fiber uh, technologies. That's why we take this kind of more comprehensive uh, view. And it, and it all ties back into which I know you guys talk about a lot about the, the digital divide because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've been covering the digital divide for for, for, for many, many years. And it, it used to be about, and, and some people still think it's about just being connected. You know, that, that's the whole focus. It's just getting people connected. But with broadband, you know, quality really, really matters, as, 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 you know, as, as we know, um, because the, the, the better the quality of the network, the more you can kind of do with it. Uh, both from a consumer perspective, but also from a from an enterprise perspective, um, and that you know, it's, from an enterprise perspective, I mean, it kind of stimulates greater innovation and greater efficiency. So it enables businesses to, to kind of to, to to grow. And there's a lot of work and a lot of evidence that that, that supports that. Uh, but if you don't take quality into account or take it seriously, then what you can end up with is um, kind of a, a two-tier system or you know or, or a new kind of divide based on based on digital applications you know you'll get some people that can get access to all the application services out there because they have ultra high fast ultra low latency networks uh, and, and people that can't even though they're connected they just can't get access to the same um so that that's that's why we put a lot of working in into this got it so yeah what your report really highlights is that with well, as we know, within the digital divide, there are many divides, um, and one divide that is emerging is a global fiber divide. It seems. So, what are the larger implications of that? If we keep if we keep it up as it is right now, um, we keep that divide growing across the world of who has fiber and who doesn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not that you know we it we it's not that we think of it as a fiber divide it is, it is that quality and, and and although there are other technologies out there um that have a role uh in in the market and, and kind of of course help because being connected is, is better than not being connected being connected to you know let's say a, a you know a very efficient 
uh, reasonable, good XDSL-based uh, network is is, is is better than being connected through some other. T- so all, all technologies do have a role in it. So you recognize that. It's just that the fiber is the ultimate in, in terms of quality in, and, and what it can deliver in, in a consistent way, because a lot of these applications and that we're running, you know, things that we're doing today, but also you can think about, you know, the gamers these days, you know, they're, they're online for, for, for hours on end. And so it's, 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 Fiber is the best at providing that quality in a, in a, in a consistent way. Um, and that's what's going to become important as we move to, you know, all the new, new types of next generation applications with XR technology, um, et cetera. So that, that's why fiber becomes um, so important in the future. So from your findings, which countries are doing this well right now? Um, so, oh, yeah, we, we have an index that maps currently 80 um, countries. Um, uh, and we kind of split it into, into into three into three groups, if you like. You can have the leading countries, such as you know the South Koreas, Singapore, um, uh, and increasingly China, who, who's been accelerating up the up the ranks in in, in recent years. Um, so you kind of have the, what we call the kind of fiber leading um, countries, uh, and then we have the the second group, which in, contains. Uh, that's where you get a lot of European countries coming in, leading countries such as Portugal, Spain, and Switzerland, etc. And, and, and they're kind of countries that have moved to fiber, uh, got reasonable coverage now, but really start to need to adopt more advanced fiber technologies to bring kind of gigabit speeds in, in, into reality. Um, and then we have um, kind of the, the third group, uh, which represents um, what people would class as emerging broadband markets, but also in includes countries which many people would consider to be fairly developed um, broadband countries, um, such as the UK is a great example where, where I live, um, but really behind in terms of their, their fiber development. Uh, and it's really interesting to see some of those, what people class as be emerging countries that are taking this fiber first attitude. So, you know, they've done really well to be in the position they are um, because they've kind of moved to this fiber as, as, a, as a first technology rather than moving through all the all the different technologies as we go. The U.S. is on that emerging list as well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is because, and, and that's the, and that's why it's important to look at where countries come from, and we, and we do a lot of that analysis. You know, we do recognize that you know countries have a different history uh, and have developed in, in different ways, and um, so you have to recognize that you know therefore they have different challenges. You know, to come up with sensible conclusions and also sensible recommendations, you have to understand where a country currently is and where they've come from. So you're quite right. Um, the US is in, in that kind of third category, along with the UK and, and other, as I say, uh, developed, highly developed countries such as Germany. Uh, but that's because historically, you know, they've also had these countries typically had a kind of a cable uh, yeah. hi- history to them. You know, right. they have significant cable networks, significant cable investments. Um, and, you know, and those networks, of course, uh, are capable of providing you know, high-speed broadband services in their own right. And, and, you know, operators have been quite right in investing in that technology, uh, you know, as long as they, as long as that provides that kind of service to their, their customers. But you're starting to see those cable, even those cable operators now recognize that as they move from DOCSIS 3 to DOCSIS 4, um, that the, it might be a better investment to put that into uh, optical fiber in 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 the, in the long run so you even st- could see those well you are starting to see those cable operators 
pivoting towards uh, fiber rollouts too. And they and therefore you'd see those countries, you know, rocket up their up the rankings and, and become. Mm-hmm. Here in the U.S., we we you know, recently passed signed legislation uh, that's going to invest sixty five billion into broadband. Um, there was a large debate within the industry and at the policy level about whether or not to mandate that that goes to full fiber or to take a tech neutral approach. And essentially, a tech neutral approach won out. Although there there is an incentive to try to create future-proof technology. Um, But the mandate still uh, relegates broadband speeds to about 120. Do you see that as a policy mistake for the U.S.? Or, you know, is that just part of, like you said, our our history of having to bring our our, uh, infrastructure up to speed? I I guess what I would say is that it's important that governments start to take, you know, a long-term view in in this. And and also not to take... You know, not to look at things from a, a national level. I think it's quite easy to to look at, you know, compare fiber deployment with, with things like national GDP, and it, you can kind of come to some conclusions that that investing in fiber technology in these more rural or harder to reach technologies don't have the same cost benefit um, that they do in in more urban areas because it's, it's kind of cheap on a per customer basis in, in in more urban areas. So you can make these decisions that. You know, we don't need to do that because it, it's not going to be as cost benefit um, as, as in other areas, um, and that. But that's not taking a longer term view, and it's also not taking a localized view because you know there's lots of studies out there that show that the benefits to local areas from ultra fast uh, broadband and ultra low latency in the long run will bring benefits to those local areas, which don't really, you know, just a blip if you think about it on a national level. So. Um, so that that's what we're recommending governments do is take that real long term view and, and plan for the future. And, and I say, although those other technologies do have a role and, and can be part of your strategy, you must take that long term view so that you think we must get to a stage where, at some point in the future, every household has this technology which gives them the same opportunity, you know, where wherever they live in, in that country. Gotcha. So sticking with that and, and broadening it out b- beyond the U.S., going back to the whole globe, um, what do you, what recommendations uh, does your report make for policy uh, as well as for, for the industry at large um, with regard to how to scale up deployment and development of fiber over the next you know five or 10 years? Yeah, we, we've recently done um, a survey actually of service providers uh, around the globe looking at what their priorities are, but also what, what could be of, of most help because a, a lot of I think a lot of times people think it's just about, you know, funding. You, you mentioned the funding that the U.S. government is, is, is plowing into broadband. We've seen that in, in other countries too. Uh, and although, of course, funding is important when you get, you know, all operators will need help at, at some point as, as they get to these more harder to reach areas. But actually what we found is that funding was was quite low down actually on, on, on the list of, of their needs. And it's often about other things that regulators and governments can do um, to help and then create the, the business model. Um, sometimes it's just by introducing and enabling flexibility, for example, around around partnerships, allowing agreements between players such as co-financing and more collaborative uh, models. And we found things like um, f- facilitating the deployment um, through municipal muni- Oh, sorry, facilitating deployment through municipality uh, mm-hmm. approvals, so just making things that are a little bit easier, but a bit more efficient um, for them. And um, then, of course, just yes, providing financial support through in- investment 
and support or incentives and, and subsidies where where needed. And then finally, implementing regulatory flexibility, including removal of outdated and, and what we now consider to be non-essential regulations. The regulations that basically be designed for a, a different world, if, if you it. like. And we should perhaps need new regulations that are looking perhaps more futuristic and helping operators roll out these, these broadband networks for the benefit of, of us all. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for taking the time to share your findings with us today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Right, thank you. Thank you again, Michael, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>